I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Nine Nine podcast. It is the first Nine Nine podcast of 2023. How are you, Andrea? How are you, Niall? I'm very well, thank you. I don't quite remember how to do a podcast. Do you? Yeah, we're a cup of tea in hand. Um, yeah, I think I think I do. I think I do. It's kind of refreshing to have some time off <laughs> to not do. <laughs> I just ruined the, my ruined the joint the already. So. <laughs> um, since we last talked, my desk has changed a slight bit because I have. Oh. Um, I bought a plate war a cup warmer. <laughs> I would recommend. I would recommend. That's an amazing idea. Well, yeah, considering bought- every time we sit down to record, I I place a little cup of tea beside the computer and I'm ready to go. And then, without fail, I encounter maybe fifteen to twenty minutes of technical difficulties. I a little warmer to keep my tea warm. While I'm dealing with those yeah, technical difficulties, it's a little, a little hot plate. So I think I'll look that into one of those. That sits on my desk. Little I would hot plate. recommend it. Yeah, um, that's, that's what I've been idea. doing for January. Well anyway, just enjoying that. No, uh, it's nice to be back. Um, yeah. I've been professional listening for for most of the month, as as is my want, and uh, we have music to talk about later on from January because it's nice. We did our mm. end of the year stuff, and then we took a break, and then Christmas happens, and. Um, we took January off, which was nice, and we're going to come back with some loads of new music. I think there's a fair amount of new music uh, that has come out in January, yeah. considering it can be a quiet time of year. Um, but as I just said to Andrea there, we here for you. That's what this is all about. Um, we are going to pick some tracks. But first, what I really want to know is, Andrea, <laughs> like the most defining thing of your January, of well, my from my perspective... <laughs> <laughs> what was it? What happened? Did mm. you did you go somewhere? Did you do something? Right. Well, explain to the listeners that <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have tickets to see the 1975, right? But 
being the extremely world famous music journalist that I am and being so connected in the industry that uh, as I am, it's it's a little bit easier for me to get my hands on tickets than it would be for your average pleb. <laughs> <laughs> she said it, not me. I know. Um, no. So like you usually if I really, really want to see a show and it's super sold out, I, I can sort it out. I can send some emails around. I, I can figure it out. The 1975 at their very best three arena January 29th no dice no dice for me so I had to get onto Nile and just basically bully you for the month of January um, you know we talked about in early January yeah you asked could we go see the 1975 and then I remembered like two weeks later that I, I wanted was us going to go to together a gig the same night yeah yeah, well, yeah and we were going to review it on the podcast but sure look I couldn't go that night as it happened, because I was at another gig, uh, Byron Wallen in National Concert Hall. And yes. because of that, you were, uh, I wouldn't say you're desperately Having trying, panic but attacks you, were, you, were, you, were, you were, you were kind of desperately trying to get a ticket. And it's, yeah, and it's because, and I, like, I guess, like, there's a lot around this tour. Um, it's been, you know, the, the Madison Square Garden show has been up on YouTube slash Amazon uh, for a little while now. So I'd seen that. I'd seen endless, like thousands and thousands of TikToks. And I just thought like, this show looks so good. Like, and I've seen the 1975 twice before. And both of those shows were spectacular and outrageously good. And there's such a good live band. And I was like, but this show in particular looks really, really good. So I, I, I need to get tickets. Anyway, you came through. Sabrina came through. Shouts to Sabrina. And I got my tickets and I brought along my friend Nadia, who... um. Much like me, the first the first time I was brought along to a 1975 gig, I was like open to them, but a bit skeptical. And mm. so I brought Nadia along, who was also open to them, but a bit skeptical. And now she's a, a superstar uh, as well. So, yeah. So the show is split into two. Um, the first half of the show is the new album, Being Funny in a Foreign Language. And the second half of the show is the is the greatest hits. There is a kind of overarching narrative throughout the show in which Matty Healy, the kind of main character of the show and of his own life and of many of our lives, he uh, has like a sort of a breakdown or some kind of, you know, confrontation with isolation and loneliness at around the halfway point, um, which is where, you know, you might have seen a lot of headlines around um, Matty Healy shocks people by eating raw steak on stage and Matty Healy simulates masturbation on stage. And um, it's just those headlines are really just really lazy and just not engaging with what's actually happening at all, you know. Um, so they're kind of, you know, this is part of, you know, taking a show or a, a stage show out of context or just taking a clip of something mm. and like well, you didn't see what happened around it. It's not like so it's not just like, oh, this isn't this is something that they've thought through in terms of the stage show and how it works and rather than be like some off the cuff thing. Absolutely. Like the the idea that it's just like a crazy, wacky pop star guy is doing crazy, wacky things on stage um, is is a really kind of disingenuous way of uh, engaging with that. And it's very easy to just kind of have that as a headline um, yeah. or, to, or to have he headlines that clip out of context um, a lot of the stuff that has kind of gone on on this tour. And I'll come to more of that um, in a minute. But 
yeah, I mean, to to kind of to explain that moment for anybody who wasn't there, because I think if you were there, you'd you'd fully understand what was happening. But it it was a a kind of a meditation or commentary uh, on masculinity and the impact that influencers like Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson and Andrew Tate have on young men or, you know, uh, men in general, but it, it, especially young men. Um, that's where you get the, the raw steak idea from, you know, this Jordan Peterson only eating raw meat, uh, for, for a while and, and his daughter kind of living that life as well. And, and there's, um, yeah. And then you see, um, kind of clips from people who are at the show just going up on Twitter, like here's 30 seconds of, of Matty Healy doing pushups, but it's like, he's doing pushups in front of a video of, of Andrew Tate, like while the rest yeah. of the band have gone, have, you know, thematically gone home and left the stage and while he's there on his own. Um, and then he climbs into a TV that has, that is just playing like Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak. And it's just, it's, it's really quite obvious what he's doing. Um, yeah. if you, if you take two seconds to engage with it. And I don't think for a minute that I, I, anybody who, you know, that, 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 that could be as, misunderstood accidentally as it has been by a lot of the kind of you know raggy journalists um but it has been um some other things that were misunderstood um was there was a there was a clip of him um which all all the headlines <laughs> just said like uh, the 1975 cut off um Matty Healy before he goes on a racist rant and it's like holy god if you just even just watch that video you will know that that was a joke um yeah. and was a written bit that worked well um and yeah, yeah I mean he's just, uh, the 1975 our content farm um uh material now you know like that's, right, that's yeah. essentially it yeah like, and it's really sad because it's like if you if you take five minutes to engage with their music you'll know that this is all a kind of a like a post ironic uh meditation on cancel culture and masculinity and what it is to be kind of simultaneously lionized and held up by the left as like a savior and it's um yeah i felt really sorry for him throughout this tour actually um just the kind of the willful misunderstanding of what it is that they're trying to do with this with this vision of the show because the show is just spectacular you know they're just one of the best or if, if not the best like live pop act in the world right now and they are you know socially engaged politically conscious they care about what it is that they're doing and saying and the impact that it has um yeah and there was a really sad moment there was um, there was a, there was an incident where he, where Matty, um, the night before the Dublin show, uh, another show in the UK, I can't remember which show it was, um, was kind of seen to do a Nazi salute while singing a line about Kanye West, um, which is very clearly, um, calling Kanye West a Nazi. Um, and that clip was shared, um, or no, the clip wasn't shared. Uh, pictures of him doing it were shared uh, without the context. And look, I'm not here to defend him doing it. I'm not here to say that it was 100% correct. I am not Jewish. I like absolutely fine. But it, it's the it's the lack of context around these things that I find really, really annoying. Um, and then so at, at the Dublin show, there was a moment after Love It, Love It If We Made It when he just had 
what seemed to be this really human moment where he just told us um, the Sun are going to run a story about me tomorrow calling me a Nazi. And it was just really, yeah, it was a really human, sad moment um, and just... Yeah, it just sucks. Um, and then he kind of, on the last night of the tour in Belfast, um, addressed it kind of further in a much yeah. more animated and furious way. Um, and he was addressing in in the, in that the, the 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 fact that no one is actually just coming out and calling him what it is that they're implying. It's all these implications and all these kind of like, you know really disingenuous use of the tools of cancel culture in order to cancel somebody because they're you know provocative or whatever it might be um or just to sell papers um like fuck the sun all like forever fuck the sun in the past present mm. and future they've always been um a, a rag but it, it was just a really shitty just a really shitty thing to do anyway um that's that but yeah, there was just something something around this tour. I I just find it. I'm really really happy. I I was there for the Dublin show, yeah. um, t- to get a sense of what the show was like when you're actually there. But I just I find the tour, the engagement with it from young people on TikTok versus the kind of mainstream engagement with it from even like the Irish Times review of it was you know that the headline and and the 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 story was behind a paywall um importantly uh but the headline was what what he said about Irish people being like a simple people and 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 you can't get into the to the article to actually see what the context was around that which is he was like correctly dragging us for singing ole ole which is the most embarrassing thing that we do um and he was 100 percent correct in doing that and it was and everybody there laughed Ev- everyone thought it was funny everyone took it how it was meant but you go online the next day and it's like matty healy calls irish people simple and you're like come on guys yeah, this yeah, is yeah. it's so obvious at this stage that you're just trying to create outrage around someone who is who is trying and is actually engaging with stuff which is more than than can be said about other pop stars what other pop stars are engaging you know in in their live shows with the Kanye West issue with the the Andrew Tate you know like there's there's no one else talking about this Harry Styles isn't talking about it Taylor Swift isn't talking about it fucking no no one else is going near it and so you have someone here who is you know albeit messily albeit in the moment you know reacting to some of the most significant and worrying parts of our culture and the kind of the mainstream reaction to that is to cancel that person for not doing it in in a way that is you know sanitized enough so it's really really bothered me (laughs) the past week and I've just had to kind of like not look online about it because it's the kind of it's it's that like I said the willful misunderstanding of intent um and just the lack of like cultural um criticism or critical thought around these things really really bothers me and this is why we need more funding for arts criticism and less funding and less money going into like tabloid criticism. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, it's 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 bigger than the 1975, Nile. It's the whole damn system. Well, I mean, yeah, it is. Um, it's interesting to note the difference, like you're saying, like mainstream media doing what it always kind of does. And then, um, you know, people engaging in a different way. And I think I hate that kind of, you know, it's not journalism 
at all because it's it's like okay what are people saying about something and they you look yeah. at a few comments on a uh, on a on a tweet or on a TikTok video and then you use that as content on your yeah um <laughs> a newspaper website mm-hmm. it's like what well, here's what everyone is saying about viewers all say the same yeah, thing that's, about that's not news you know that's, that's not news like, it's like that's just what, what people are saying online you know yeah um, and, and online it's not, isn't real life that's like it, it is such a such an incredibly small amount of people are online and engaging in culture war issues online like it is it, it, that is not an appropriate way to think to to kind of guide your media company's content like like no, nothing bothers me more than so and so sparks outrage as such yeah. and such and it's like well well what like what is this doing why why don't you actually employ somebody who can give a bit of context around this and discuss it and discuss art as art and not discuss, you know, should we cancel this person this week? Are we canceling this person? It's just, oh God, it's, it, yeah, it is. It's such a nightmare and it's obviously bigger than the 1975, but I think that this tour has been a really interesting kind of case study in, um, in how, how people who are kind of, held up by many on the left as being yeah. some kind of um some kind of representative of the left like that that's just that like you have such a time limit on that and if you and if you, if you do anything anything at all even if it's a joke like like the irish thing or even if it's a a kind of a misplaced um bad idea of a gesture in order to kind of call attention to somebody else's anti-semitism it's like well then no you are a racist or you are an anti-semite or i i promised myself i wouldn't get into the anti-semitism fascism stuff but i mean like it is it, it, it is so concerning um that we have to kind of do the amount of like critical thought for these publications as they're supposed to be doing. And that's it. It's the wider issue, isn't it? I mean, it's something Mm. that should be taught in schools, properly critical thinking, like recognizing what's fact and what's fiction. Media literacy, yeah. Yeah, and when, when, you know, we've, you know, looking at things like chat, uh, GTP and all that, and you're seeing, you know, knowing what's real and what's not and knowing what's, um, what, what the context is for something and what isn't. And I think it's, coming more and more important as we as the internet marches on and, and the society marches on in those ways like understanding that something is taken out of context uh, in a social media clip or that like i think that's a perfect example of one you're saying who's like uh, the band stop him um from going on a racist rant you're like yeah it's a bit it's a bit in the, in a show a it's a bit in a live show yeah and, and also and, like, and look you people have the right to say that that bit that that you know racist rants are not that sh- shouldn't be the the subject of a joke and that there's nothing funny about that people absolutely have the right to criticize that but but to willfully misrepresent what actually happened and and put up headlines and you'll see it if you google Matty Healy racist you will see headline after headline after headline of just a complete like mistruth just an absolute mistruth and i'm not sitting here like defending this man because i'm a fan of his music or anything it's i'm 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 defending like i don't know like 
I'm not defending anything. I'm actually like try, trying to like break down what, what it is that's actually happened here. Like this is, this is so concerning. And especially because, yeah. but, but because this is the tour for, for them, but it's also going to be the tour for Taylor Swift and for Harry Styles where absolutely every single moment of it is filmed and it's not it's it's not in a controlled way. It's not in a way where you're like, oh, we're going to film our night at the O2 or at Madison Square Garden so that people can see it. It's like, no, it's up to the minute on TikTok. So so you, you anybody from with any kind of intention can just go online, pick out a clip, shorten it to whatever will fit their narrative in order to create outrage and then just publish that online without any repercussions what like if if i was matty healy i would be uh, healy i would be suing the sun i would be suing the mirror i there, there are so many publications that i would be suing as soon as i finish this tour because it's just this like this unbelievable amount of mistruth and it's really 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 concerning um, and I've just found it so interesting and enraging and such a, a such a like a strangely engaging tour, because as much as I want to see the 1975, because I love the 1975 as a band, it's like all of this around it has just been fascinating and at times like utterly heartbreaking, like when he had that moment on stage. And yeah, it's just, it's just been, it's been fucking it's been wild is the word. Um, and I hope I hope. I hope he's okay um, because he didn't seem okay at Belfast from the videos I've seen. He didn't seem all right at all. Um, but well, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I thought I was going to get a, a, a ten minute gush, fifteen minute gush from you, <laughs> as opposed to a rant. But I appreciate that. Um, it's already something I'll, I've not heard I'll, about. I'll gush for um, I'll, I'll gush for just a, a, a couple of minutes here or a few seconds here, and just say that I think that the band and Matty that they have created such an interesting and engaging and thought-provoking show. It's an excellent album. Their back catalogue is absolutely undeniable. The fans that were there were so engaged with them and he was engaged with the fans as well. There was a little kid who was 11, a little boy on his dad's shoulders. Matty had like a full-on conversation with him throughout the, like in the crowd it was it was an absolutely electric night and everyone that was there kind of felt like they were witnessing something and those are the best kinds of gigs and i just think that also as a front man like he is absolutely undeniable i don't care if he gives you the ick i don't care if you don't like his music whatever like i'm not a massive fan of i don't know a, a, a lot of bands who i would say that that's a front man and i think matty healy is a front man and he is unbelievable at it and like it's it's the job he was born to do. Um, and they're just such an unbelievable band. And I've heard tell that they're going to tour the UK again later this year, which oh, wow. is mad to me because they've been nonstop touring for months, like night after night after night with just a break for Christmas. And I, I think actually don't do that, guys. <laughs> just don't, don't do it. <laughs> just go home, spend some time with your family, you know, rest. Rest recuperate yeah log off <laughs> just yeah have some time to yourselves but i mean if they do tour in the uk i will absolutely go over and try and see them in london would but you would you go again i would i would absolutely go again um i'd i'd love to see them in like because obviously like in, in the, the o2 in london was like a major night because they brought out taylor swift um so i'd like to and like for loads of nights, Matty was like, we were trying to get Harry Styles and he keeps saying no, but 
I feel like it might happen at some stage. Didn't have any guests in Dublin then, no? No guests in Dublin, no. I was fully ready for either Niall Horan or Ed Sheeran. If it was Ed Sheeran, I would have popped out and went to the loo. If it was Niall Horan, I would have been happy. Um, but like f- fully ready for there to be an Irish guest, but uh, maybe given the day that was in it, it um, yeah, probably wasn't yeah. wasn't ideal. But um yeah, amazing show. Would absolutely recommend everybody to see them live at least once, even if you're just a kind of a cursory, like peripheral fan. Um, they are they are a stunning live act. Okay. Yeah. That's our nineteen seventy-five bit um done. Uh, don't take that out of context. Um, and if you have any issues with anything <laughs> we say <laughs> in context, all right, supporters of our Patreon get access to the Discord uh, server where there's a lot of chat and discussion about music and gigs and whatnot and films. Um, I'm going to see Tar tonight. I'm looking forward to seeing Tar. Okay, um, good. So I can talk about it and uh, all sorts of things. So yeah, uh, patreon.com forward slash nine or nine for support. And there's also Spotify playlists and all the usual discounts and little bits. And you're supporting what we do here and um, the website and all of the various many costs that it takes to to do that. Um, so yeah, um, that's just patreon.com forward slash nine or nine. It is time now because we here for you. We are here for you to share some new music. Um, it is time for us to talk about a few uh, tracks and albums that we like. I'm going to kick things off, Andrea, because um, I've got one extra uh, this month. Um, it was a fairly decent month, January, for uh, new music this month. And uh, to kick the year off, it was pretty nice. I think for me, I always love... I mean, it's very, this album that I picked is a perfect companion to the kind of slow, methodical quiet of the first month of the year. You know, there's a lot of things that aren't happening. (laughs) You're spending a lot of time at home. It's a long month, but also it's a time to reflect and chill and and maybe not do too much and uh, hang out with your pals and maybe not go to as many gigs as you normally would because there isn't as much on, but there's still plenty on this month. Anyway, that's my way of saying um, an album I listen to a lot this month was uh, Rosie Plains uh, Prize. So here is a little bit of uh, a track from Rosie Plain and I'll go back and talk about it. It's nothing we'll do. That is a track called Agreeing For You, which opens up Prize from Rosie Plain, um, an album that came out on Memphis Industries uh, the second week in January, I believe. Um, a lovely album, one that I, I, I think I went back to a fair amount this month, uh, a fine collection of a very airy, um, lovely, uh, lovely arranged, artful arrangements, lovely kind of folky music. You may know Rosie Plain, Rosie Plain from... Uh, she mostly played with uh, This Is The Kit, but also, you know, has played in Ireland an awful lot. And uh, I think you can tell um, based on the fact that she has three, five tour dates coming up in March in Ireland. Uh, Dublin Workman's Club, uh, March 1st, 
and she's doing banger the courthouse on march 2nd uh, phil grimes waterford march 3rd uh Bally the hob march 4th and uh clears and kilkenny in march 5th so yeah just a lovely album have you listened to rosie playing at all um i would recommend it if you're looking for something a bit chill and very yeah it was very suitable for the month that was in it yeah no i haven't uh listened to rosie playing but i will I definitely lovely will. um lovely okay well i give you my choice yes please which is i assume also one of your choices i'm glad um, you talked about it i'm glad you're, <laughs> you're bringing it up um Lancome have announced a new album called False Lancome and um, I've shared the first track from that album called Go Dig My Grave. Um, Here's all nine minutes of it. (laughs) No, no, no. JK, here's a little snippet. obviously a lot more going on there over eight minutes and 38 seconds than what we share there but um it is a stunning piece of work isn't it absolutely and um if no if you haven't heard the full track yet i would recommend having your first listen um accompanied by the music video uh, which is on youtube um or on nyler9.com can people see yeah of course yeah. all of the information there album called false Lankham. <laughs> yeah out march 24th uh, mm. and there's some gigs announced as well yesterday uh mandela hall belfast may 19th cork opera house may 20th bigger street uh dublin on may 30th and 31st and they're also playing all together now as well. But tickets yeah. are on sale uh, Friday, 3rd of February. So uh, end of this week uh, from I would, 11 a.m. I, I, I would definitely lo- log on a few minutes before 11 because I imagine they'll sell out. This is a, an absolutely beautiful and haunting meditation on grief. It's a it's a, an old folk song um, that is about uh, grief. And as usual with Lancome, when they do kind of reinterpret these songs they keep they keep enough of the tradition in there for it to still feel and uh, be authentic while also a kind of you know putting their own um i hate the phrase putting their own stamp on it but i can't think of another one like interpreting it in their own way and i saw somebody i can't remember who it was if it was online or in the discord uh but somebody kind of said that they they keep enough of the tradition while also kind of moving the tradition forward and that's what makes lancome so good it might have been in a youtube comment actually um and i really agree with that i think that that's what that's what kind of separates lancome from a lot of the other um kind of folk and trad revivalists which i also enjoy and like but i think lancome are just in in another class entirely and this was like a, this was a song that as soon as i finished it i i felt like oh this is this will be unbelievable to hear in a room you know live and yeah they have a good just, few songs like that too don't they they do you know like it's uh 
like their their version of um the wild rover is just just yeah, one of the 10 most minutes. like incredible yeah it's just one of the most like transformative and transporting experiences you can have is to like be in a room it's a song which has a drop <laughs> like a drone song that has a big drop in it you're like whoa yeah. here we go what well, actually takes yeah, off it really. is and That's the great. kind of the there's there is some of that like drone elements happening in this song as well and some of it is done with with, with vocals and you know it, it's it's a near it's like it sounds strange to say because it is such a kind of a slow moving piece but there's moments in it where that are really quite dizzying and just so engaging and you don't you're kind of like oh well where's this piece coming from where's this bit of music coming from is that somebody's is that somebody's voice or is that you know an accordion or what's going on here so yeah it's a really magnificent song and I can't wait to um I can't wait to hear the album I'm so so excited for the album yeah it's gonna be good it's gonna be good Mm -hmm. and yeah they're such a good band and I you definitely hear I mean sometimes you if you looked at the picture of Lankin, you think they might be a metal band. This is the most mm. metal they've they've sounded. That kind of like yeah. doom metal kind of buzz going on here, uh, which I think they are well able to do as well. So yeah, I love that. Mm. They're the PR as well does say that you know exactly that idea that you know they're they're there's ten out of twelve songs on this album are trad um, traditional mm. songs and two originals uh we haven't heard the originals yet but i'm interested to see how they manage that and what they do with them and Mm -hmm. uh i think they are always bringing new shapes to old shapes um as well so they're such a good band such a good band and if you're not if you're not a primavera i think that's the same weekend as primavera or so anyway go see lancum whenever you can i imagine i imagine seeing lancum at primavera in the sunshine would be quite a strange experience <laughs> to me it's like you you have to have just come in from the freezing bitter cold and you're in your big iron jumper and you sit down with yeah. a hot whiskey and you have lancum happen to you but yeah i'm, sh- I'm sure they'll be marvelous yeah i mean the last time i saw them was was january 2020 maybe um, yeah yeah that's, so it was perfect for that you know yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm gonna pick a album again um and uh, a surprising one for me because it's an album i uh, only it was released last friday yeah um and i had never listened to little yachty before no. have you ever listened to little yachty little no yachty? i um, haven't but i i listened to this album on your recommendation so yeah, I'll, I'll okay. Be able to share some thoughts with you. Yeah, yeah so it's. Uh, I mean, if if you know anything about Lil Yachty, he, he is a well, he was a trap pop kind of rapper who I didn't pay attention to, mm. uh, and you know, I know it's just never been anywhere near me. <laughs> and then I heard stuff about this album, and I was like, "What's going on?" Um, so it's called "Let's Start Here." It's kind of, um, I mean, look so, here, psych here's. Rock? It's a psych rock album, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's got, it's got, it's inspired by his love of Pink Floyd. It's a psychedelic pop rock album, and it has some R and B kind of stuff there as well. There's some auto tune. There's not a lot of rap on it. Um, it's got a really interesting credit list as well. It kind of sounds like um psych rock, uh, Tame Impala kind of psychedelia with R and B and really interesting uh, vocals as well. There's some great vocalists on this. Uh, Fushi. Uh, Justine's guy and Diana Gordon in particular the last one Diana Gordon has stood out to me but there's a credit list that includes like Mac DeMarco Alex G Magdalena Bay uh, the producer of Jam City uh, Patrick Wimberly uh, of Chairlift uh, the bassist from Unknown Mortal Orchestra Jacob Portrait 
and uh, uh, the guy from MGMT as well, Ben Goldwasser. So there's just loads of people came together and somehow he's managed to make a really good album of psychedelic rock music that I did not expect. Here's an example of uh, a track. Uh, that's track three from the album. Let's start here. It's a little yachty and it is running out of time. So that's little yachty uh, running out of time from Let's Start Here. Uh, yeah, just it's been really intriguing to listen to it because uh, you know having no real reference for other than knowing he was kind of a he did kind of uh, trap kind of music or like kind of off kilter like weird uh, rap music, and then he comes out with this, and I can hear a little bit of like some of later Mac Miller stuff here as well, mm. which I know you were listening to a lot this uh, past uh, couple of weeks as well but uh, yeah just, always uh, january always yeah because, well, because I circles mean, came out in circles january came out, yeah, every, yeah, exactly. every year since then i just i listened to that mac, mac miller album and it's just it's perfect perfect yeah um and i'm really well i'm really enjoying this album at the moment because it's one of those ones that yeah, i don't think it's perfect many stretch of imagination but it is mm. uh it is very engaging there's some lovely collaborators on it, like I said, um, particularly Diana Gordon, who I think it's a song, they're not listed on, on the tracks exactly, but um, Drive Me Crazy, I believe, um, sings on that song. Really, really lovely. Um, there's some great stuff on this album. So yeah, let's start here, a little yachty. Try it. Mm. See what I, you think. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I went in like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Um, I expected to turn this off. And actually, the first song is a little bit... Um, uh, it's a little bit of a bait and switch. Not really. It's set the vibe, mm. but it's quite like it's long and it's a bit like I don't know what this is. <laughs> but yeah. there's loads of other great things on it as well. I, think, I also uh, kind of feel like as a culture, we're ready to start admitting that Pink Floyd are good. Like it was really cool for many, many years there to pretend that Pink Floyd weren't a good band. Um, and I just I I, I still think they're cool. Definitely um, a blind spot for me. I have to say. Really? Oh, I can yeah. do a. I, we can do an episode this year. Um, okay. Uh, Dre explains Pink Floyd. I just I grew up with Pink Floyd. My dad, like my dad's not a big music guy, but he just loves Pink Floyd. <laughs> so yeah. that was like a big part of my music education as a child was was Pink Floyd. So it was probably um, one of those like, oh well, this is this this band are just so ubiquitous. I don't want to know about <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was that yeah. kind of young snobbiness I probably had about it. Yeah, that I never really ex- explored them at all. So. Yeah. That's fair enough. Um, okay, my next pick um, will surprise absolutely no one. It's CMAT, it's May Day. It's a sexy song about climate change. Yeah, the 
true Seamat fa- fashion. Um, just the character of Seamat that is in these songs and the way that she interprets different things in the world. The idea of while the world is ending, you should be spending time with me. It just is so enjoyable to me. Like she just always manages to kind of keep that um, that sort of nearly like childlike petulance when it comes to when it comes to kind of dealing with big with big topics you see that a lot uh throughout uh if my wife knew i'd be dead um the absolute like guaranteed 100 percent front runner for irish album of the year this year's choice um but yeah mayday it was like a little surprise drop um we kind of didn't know it was going to come and then it just it came out and um she has been touring or had to take a little break from touring because she said her larynx was in its flop era. Um, so RIP slash get well soon to see Matt's larynx. But yeah, she's she'll be touring at festivals and things during the year, which I'm sure you have to hand and I don't because... Um, well, she's in terms of Irish um, festivals. I know she's supporting Wet Leg in the UK sometime soon. Mm. And uh, only Irish festival day is Other Side Festival this summer. Mm-hmm. for CMAT um, but yeah I'd say it's going to be a little bit quieter this year than it is uh, yeah. than it was for her last year uh, in yeah. general and but, hopefully um, that means see. work on a new album because uh, that would that would bring me a lot of joy um, so I'd yeah that's so. CMAT so. May Day she's an absolute yeah. chorus machine she just cannot be stopped she's unbelievable uh, what have you got next now great um I have a song from Everything But The Girl who came back after 24 years away and just sounded like they never really left. Here is uh, Nothing Left To Lose. everything but the girl that is uh, ben watt and tracy thorne who came back after 24 years away they uh, started recording together with no strict like oh we're going to make it everything but the girl album or anything like that but uh, it soon became obvious to them that uh, the chemistry and the spark between them was still there and uh, obviously if you don't know who everything but the girl are missing is their big song from 1994 big kind of dance pop hit uh, but the band had been around from since the 80s as well mid 80s mm. and uh, Tracy Thorne obviously did some work with Massive Attack after that always had a very identical identifiable vocal style but also um, what I love about this as well is like it sounds like everything but the girl but it also sounds a bit like Bicep um, but they own that because they were doing it in a way beforehand um, mm. and also if you 
wanted before Romy from the XX started doing dance music this is what you would imagine it would have sounded like that kind of vibe she's a very similar voice to Tracy Torn as well so I think this is great and there's an album out um called uh Fuse in April so um yeah look forward to seeing that uh or hearing that and uh seeing what they do with it I would highly recommend Tracy Thorne's book, um, My Rock and Roll I want Friend. To, great. You can well. tell me about this maybe because she has, brilliant. how many books has she got? She has so like I've, I've only read one, but she has, yeah, it's kind of, mem- I think maybe one biography and a couple of memoirs. I'm not really sure. The only one I've read is My, Ro- is My Rock and Roll Friend, which is about her, her friendship with uh, Lindy Morrison of the Go-Betweens. Okay. And it so it's is, specifically about that, right? Yeah. It's so specifically about, about their, um, about their friendship and also about the the sexism that both of them experienced in the early days of their career and, and kind of beyond the early days of their career um uh and and that that topic is is kind of you know written alongside a real celebration of female friendship and women making music together and yeah it's it's an absolutely yeah. brilliant memoir like you'd absolutely fly through it um it's great. I reviewed it for the Business Post. If anyone's interested in read my review, you'll find it somewhere online. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's great. And I, I keep meaning to read her other books because I think she's released one since then, um, and just haven't gotten around to them. Um, but right, yeah, yeah, she's she's also an excellent writer. Yeah, um, four just memoirs, an all rounder. Fair play. Yeah, such a cool, such a cool lady. Um, great. Cool. Uh, speaking right, of cool turn. ladies. Is that right? Yeah, speaking of cool ladies. Um, Boy Genius are back. The girlies, the girlos. Um, I've chosen one of the three songs from, I suppose you can call it an EP. It's three songs from their upcoming album. Um, This is Emily, I'm Sorry. She's asleep in the backseat Looking peaceful enough to me But she's waking up Inside a dream full of screeching tires and fire We're coming back from where no one lives Pretty much just veterans when I pointed out Where the North Star is She called me a fucking liar That's Emily. I'm sorry. One of three songs that have been released from um, the record, which is the upcoming album. The record. It's gonna, the record uh, is going to be out on the 31st of March. The other two songs are Twenty Dollars and True Blue. Um, just an unbelievably talented trio of musicians. Uh, for anyone who isn't aware, it's Julian Baker, Phoebe Bridgers, and Lucy Jacobs. Um, all three of whom have released like un- really, really, really excellent albums since the last time that they put out music together, which was in 2018, with a self-titled EP called uh, Boy Genius. And since then, when I say we 
we the girlies, we the gays, we the sad people have been just like out for blood. Like, where is the album? Are they getting back together? And they have. Um, they did a Rolling Stone cover shoot where they were where they recreated a Nirvana, uh, like an iconic Nirvana cover shoot and and story. And um, yeah, it's just so great to to have them back. And it was a real surprise when uh, when I saw that they were that they were finally retor- returning because the three of them have been so busy uh, in the past. Yeah, they uh, were. 2018, five years. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were announced for um, Coachella in mm-hmm. early January. So that was the, the tip off that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, And so they are back. So the album is out in March. 31st of March. Yeah, that's right. Great. Yeah. Well remembered. Okay. Thank you. Um, my next song is uh, by way of an introduction to an artist that um, you may have heard about. I thought it'd be worth uh, discussing a little bit. Uh, it's a rapper called Ice Spice, who I heard about late last year, but due to the onslaught of, of best of the year, never really got around to listening properly uh, till this year, which was fine because there was an EP released um, a couple of weeks ago, which I really like. It's called Like, and uh, so Ice Spice is a New York rapper, uh, kind of very much doing her own thing. She's uh, from the Bronx. Um, she has a an orphan Annie kind of look to her. Um often wears, <laughs> has ginger hair, 23-year-old. Um, I had a song out last year called Munch, which uh, really blew up. And then, of course, um, Drake being Drake, uh, invited her to OVO Fest and uh, where she, I think she performed, I think it was her, her first like proper performance. Um, he since unfollowed her because Drake, um, because he probably, <laughs> inv- he, he had an advance and uh, was rejected, I'd say. Mm, um, probably turned 22. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm going to play a song. For, this is uh, Princess Diana uh, from Ice Spice's EP, Like, gives you a good impression of her kind of vibe and flow. And they hype that I'm up on them banners. Calling my phone, but they know I don't answer. In the hood, I'm like Princess Diana. I'm thick cause I be eating oats. Bitch not taking shit from me, but notes. Wanna be me, so she do my emotes and my name in her mouth, so I bet she gon' choke. So her man, I'm the girl of his dreams. Think about me when he brushing his teeth. He keeps texting, I leave him on scene. Hottest bitch out and they know what I mean. Know what I mean. Like, uh, keep it a stack. Bitches move wild cause they know I got bands. They be chatting, I don't give a damn, and I'm still getting money, I know who I am. Tryna be low, he gon' hit on my grand. If he small, he gon' act like a fan. If you bigger, they got your head gas. Bitches slow, so I give him a pass. Like, uh, keep it a stack. Bitches move wild cause they know I got bands. They be chatting, I don't give a damn, and I'm still getting money, I know who I am. Tryna be low, he gon' hit on my grand. If he small, he gon' act like a fan. Think you bigger, they got your head gas. Bitches slow, so I give him a pass. Looking at me like who bigger than she. I'm the one who they wishing to be. Taking my time, cause I don't wanna be. If you making a plate, then I already ate. Yeah, that's Ice Spice. Um, a lot of fun. I listened to that a lot uh, when it came out, like in the last two weeks. And uh, I, I think up the, the late Princess of Wales would have loved that. I think so. Mm. Um, it's what she would have wanted. It's what she um, would have wanted. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You, you you picked a surprising track for me now. Yeah. When I saw it, I was like, tell me more. I did see that this yeah. was released, but I, I don't know if I, I don't remember listening to it. Yeah. So I, I literally, I, this would have completely passed me by if I wasn't, um, if I wasn't reviewing it for Arena earlier in the month or last month in January. Um, it's from Dave Roundtree, drummer of Blur fame. Um, who are obviously touring or playing some gigs uh, this summer. Uh, He has released his debut solo record. Uh, It's called Radio Songs. The concept is um, 
loosely kind of based around so his dad was like an RAF um radio person I, c- I couldn't remember the term on arena either and I just said radio guy <laughs> on arena <laughs> he on was a real radio, radio guy like a, he was like, like a, yeah, like a announcer. technician, technician, technician. <laughs> no, no, no. Right. Like he, like he fixed RAF radios, but also had an interesting right. kind of, you know, fixing up um, FM radios or whatever. And um, yeah, it's a, it's an album that kind of loosely explores that concept and a bit of uh, with relationships and things like that. I've chosen a song called Downtown, um, which to me has a little bit of like Blue Nile, a little bit. Um, it's, it's a bit. What's the word? Like it, it makes me think of something kind of emotional, yet also a bit like a like a film noir or something. Um, it's a really lovely song. Uh, this is Downtown by Dave Rentry. There's no need to be There's nothing to say. Move on. So the blur drummer is better than uh, the Radiohead drummer, is what you're saying there. <laughs> his solo, well, at, his solo output. At this particular topic, I think yes. Um, but there's also actually I didn't include this in the playlist, but you might. Um, I think there's a song you might be interested in. Um, it's called Tape Measure, and it uses. Uh, I don't know if it's an interpolation or a sample, but uh, there's a female vocalist in it, and it's a kind of a Bollywood um, melody. Um, okay. it's, it's like, I, I really didn't expect it at all, uh, in, in the album. And at first I wasn't quite sure. And now I think I actually really love it. So yeah, I'm okay. going to listen to that. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I'll do that right now. Well, that was unexpected. <laughs> I know. I had this. I had the same experience when I was listening to the album. I was like, "Who's this like FKA Twigs lady coming in here?" Yeah. And yeah. then it has the little breakdown. And I'm like, I don't know about this. But then the more I listened to it, I was like, I think this is brilliant. <laughs> like, I think it's yeah, really, it's, it's really playful. Odd. And yeah, 
really interesting. Very well good. Done, I wonder Dave. who do you know? Did you find out who the artist was? Oh, do you know? I did, and then I, I it was actually it was really hard to find on the day of the release, and then I found oh, yeah. her afterwards. Um, but no, I can't remember her name. It's a it's a mm. one one word name. Uh, but beautiful okay. voice. Um, and yeah, Dave is just so lovely. Like he's on on the day that the that it was released, the album was released. He was just like sharing these reviews from like big publications or even just from like little blogs and just being like thanks so much for the lovely review and uh he just seems really sweet to be honest and yeah, yeah. nice i just think he's lovely oh, yeah it's not it's, very good. it's nice that he that he's getting a bit of a moment you know because they they've they've all in kind of various ways had their kind of moment in the spotlight and he's always you know back there behind the drums so yeah yeah um i think he's done a really good job with this album i'd, I'd recommend people listen to it Cool. We're going to go out on a old uh, thing that I've been listening to because uh, that's what I've started doing recently. And uh, before I set, play a song from uh, Selected Ambient Works, um, I want to say, I think there's a lot of stuff coming up in February, um, mm-hmm. including new albums from, um, I think Young Fathers is out soon as well. Kalela's out. Friday, I think. Um, is this a Friday? This Friday. Holy moly. Um, not this, no, next week. It's the following week. Um, oh, Young Father's out this week. Sorry. Young Father's out this yes, week. Um, Friday. Uh, and then Kalela the next week. Mm. And then what we've got, um, there's a good few other things. Is Caroline Polacek out soon? I believe it is. If it's not, maybe, maybe it's March. Uh, Gorillas have a new album as well. There's lots of things that are coming out. Oh, Philip Selway has a new album as well. Let's see if he has any Bollywood on it. Loads uh, uh, to come anyway. Um, but... Yeah, in a, as a way of kind of finishing up our our uh, return, um, is, I wanted return. to play a track. Yeah, I want to play a track from Select Nami Works eighty five to ninety two, a, a classic debut album from the Apex Twin. Went to see Byron Wallen um, uh, at the National Concert Hall, as I mentioned uh, last Sunday, which was why I wasn't at the nineteen seventy five. Uh, they were supported by Glass House Ensemble, who did. Uh, there are three suites of Aphex Twin material, uh, which is all on Spotify as well. There are recordings of it. But I actually had been listening a lot to this uh, recently anyway. And I uh, got some new speakers and they sound, the bass sounds really good from this. Even though it says in the Wikipedia for this album that apparently, so, you know, if you've never listened to Selected Ambient Works, it's kind of ambient techno. It's not really pure ambience. That's Selected Ambient mm. Works Volume 2. Um, but apparently, uh, 1985 is when he started making these songs when he was four, 13 or 14, which is just crazy if it's true. Yeah. Uh, but I, I doubt it's true. And it's one of those like the man, the myth, the, the Aphex twin, whatever. It also says the recording's uh, uh, sound quality has been described as poor due to it being recorded onto a cassette damaged by a cat. <laughs> so, so maybe, maybe not. But look, there's a there's pretty good sounding uh, master out there. So um yeah, we'll we'll play out with uh, a little it, bit of no, a song isn't from this, it. Isn't this a mad thing that Aphex Twin was nominated for the Choice Music Prize at some stage in the past? He, no, not no. I don't think it was nominated. I think uh, it was on the sh- on the long list. Was that it? Eligible? Yeah, I think so. I don't think it would have been Drucks, was it? Uh, I don't think it was nominated. I can't remember. No, I just I had a conversation with someone about this recently, and I was like, "What, really?" Um, but yeah, there you go. Oh no, yeah, it was. It was 2015. Yeah, sorry. Um, it was. Uh, Cyro, the album Cyro in 2015. 
So uh, very, I mean, we uh, we do soap. claim him. Yeah, <laughs> we do claim him, but I mean, do we? <laughs> I mean, the, he is the Irish. The Madonna of music. It's, it's ten, yeah, it's tenuous, isn't it? It's tenuous. Mm, um, yeah. But yeah, actually, yeah, let's play a bit of the Apex one and then we come back and just, uh, we'll round it off with some of the things we've watched or seen recently. Yeah. Here's a bit of Actium. on the closing track from Apex Twin Selected Ambient Works. Um, was there any notable Irish releases from this month or January? Oh, the Murder Capital uh, went to number one, apparently. So that's great um, for them. Uh, I actually liked the album a lot more than I thought I would. <laughs> I liked the album a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, the, well, no, it's always good, isn't it? Nice nice thing. Nice thing to be able to say. You went to yeah. number one. Uh, legitimize you in the, uh, in the eyes of your relatives usually uh, no uh, I like the album a lot actually uh, a lot more than I thought I would because uh, what I didn't mind the first album I thought we're kind of going to get more of the same but um, I think there's some great songs on that one I think musically especially I really like the stars will leave the stage mm. um, from Gigi's recovery uh, and uh, a thousand lives as well those two songs but uh, album's been doing very well band have been doing very well uh, playing Vicar Street as well in February as well. So there you go. And then if you want any more Irish music that we didn't include here, of course, there's loads of it on uh, 909.com. Loads of it. I, did 12, I had to I had to stop myself at 12 today. For the Irish music can't, there. No, no, I can't move. I had, there was 12 songs. On, I had 35 songs on a spreadsheet and I had to pick, I had to stop myself at 12. I was like, how am I going to whittle these all down? Very hard. Anyway, is there anything you've been watching or reading or listening to that we haven't discussed as yet? Yeah. Um, I mean, watching wise, I also oh, I started The Last of Us. Yeah, I'm really show. enjoying it. Um, really enjoying it. I've only seen the first two episodes, so I haven't seen the the episode three that everyone was, I don't know, crying or happy. I don't know. People seem to be having a lot of emotions about episode three. So no it's spoilers, but um, yeah. yeah, I'm going to watch that tonight. I only started the other two last night and I really like it. I've never played the game before, um, but yeah, um, I don't think it really I don't matters. Think you need to. Yeah, my you know boyfriend's played is... the game and he's enjoying it as well. So yeah, I think what I, you know, I think is really good. Um, it's so the guy who's the writer is Craig Mason, who did Chernobyl. And mm. there was uh, he when he did that on HBO, he had a companion podcast and they're doing the same thing with oh. the uh, the writer of the game, Neil Druckmann and Craig Mason, who is the screenwriter for this Um and well worth, and it's actually the host is one of the voice actors from the game, so it's just cool. really good because it's like it talks about if you are familiar with the differences, um, it talks about what they've made different. But I think I don't think you really need to know. But it also talks about the difference between, you know, uh, 
write using the same story for a game and using the same story for TV and how you mm. can best utilize that. I, I found it really interesting. I'm looking forward to listening to the third episode of that podcast actually about um, the the big episode that everyone was talking about this week. So uh, yeah, yeah, great. yeah, I'm really nice enjoying like it so far. I think there's a lot of like children of men in it and that's a film yeah. that I love and I think is a masterpiece but you know we'll never watch again so it's it's nice to have a <laughs> true, like true. just can't I, yeah. I uh I the first and only time I watched children of men I had to stop halfway through because I had a, pa- a panic attack um and then had to just take it up again later so I will never watch that movie again but it's amazing but yeah there's a lot of that in in this and yeah Chernobyl as well and yeah but um, yeah, so really yeah. enjoying that. Craig Mazin, um, special specialist writer about um, you know, uh, dangerous situations and and spores and you know things that damage your nervous system and oh, whatever else. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, I went to see. Did I tell you the, about um, Jean Dielman about the site? So nope. you know the Sight and Sound list, uh, the film list that's voted on by. Um, oh yeah, by, yeah, yeah. yeah directors and so on and it's it's released every 10 years and it's like the 100 best films of the year uh okay. so the the number one film or not of the year of 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 all time rather um so the number one film of all time uh was voted for this year um or for this like round of it Edition, uh, was yeah. a um belgian film called uh jean dielman it's a feminist film that is about three and a half hours long and it follows three days of a woman doing her kind of domestic duties at home doing housework and cooking for her son um and it's it, I, I so they'd want it's impossible to find anywhere online um legally or otherwise so the IFI did a screening of it, I think in early January or it might have been like late December, I think early January. Um, so I went along to that and uh, the film is just it's it's like nothing else I've ever watched. It's like the, the mundanity and the repetition and the the kind of the slowness, the pace of the film is is so, so interesting and like oddly engaging. Um, but it's yeah it's it's like i can't really describe too much about it without giving things away but if 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 anyone can get their hands on a decent copy of it with subtitles online like or if you're in the uk i think you can watch it on the bfi player maybe um or like a criterion thing but yeah i don't know how people get around those stuff but like would highly recommend watching it i will say i think if i watched it at home it would have been a different experience because like it can it can be very it can feel very boring initially like so if you are going to watch it like really really dedicate your time and attention to it um so yeah saw that um also saw um what else did i see i was chatting about some films in the discord like holy motors i watched that for the first time which i think i said in the discord that i think i hated it but i also think it's a masterpiece so it's kind of one of those um i went to see Bo Travai, which has been screened in the ifi which is just incredible amazing experience um i've watched banshees which i know you and i differ on um so maybe we'll we'll park that but mm, i watched yeah banshees of yeah i i didn't have um, i i think that was friday when we were having that discussion and i just didn't have the energy to go back and yeah and that's fair go and talk about it yeah um that's fine look it's okay we don't have to have a big dialogue about it like no that's the thing it's like that's what this this time of year is like in the run-up to the oscars people just like publishing kind of 
stuff about like this is bad because or this is good you know anyway uh, I loved Banshees of Inisherin. um and watching wise the great pottery throwdown <laughs> okay that's nice. it yeah um and then reading I can't really remember what I've been reading I've been reading um a book called Perpetual Come Down um I don't have I don't have the book to hand um but really interesting so far I'm reviewing it um it's a I- Irish author um and yeah very interesting so far uh, no maybe not Irish author mm. Ignore everything I just said about Perpetual okay. Come Down, but I, I I recommend it so far. I really like Great. it. Great. So yeah. Uh, I just finished the book you recommended to me, The Colony. Um, oh, yeah. What fantastic. did you think? Yeah. yeah. Great. Thanks so much. Um, that I ending, actually, right? Yeah, it's great. Ooh. It's great. It's really good. Um, <laughs> It's just such a, it feels like such a classic read or something. It's like mm, in, in the right. way that you were talking about, like, you know, taking from the greats or, or, or calling back to the greats. It has that kind of vibe for me. Um, I, yeah, I it's that. beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Great book. You're welcome. Uh, I'll think of, that. I'll think of what your next read should be. Cause I think I'm three yeah. for three on recommendations to you. So this is, yeah, this is good. You're my trusted source on books now. Excellent. <laughs> I'll, I'll start my book talk, book talk imminently. Very good. Very good. Uh, other than that, I've been watching. Do we talk about After Sun? That's, that was the film of the year last year. No, we year. haven't, but let's um, let's talk about it. Amazing. It's on movie. Just go and watch it. Uh, Paul Meskel is brilliant in it. And the kid, uh, whose name I can't remember, is also brilliant. A wonderful uh, film about... Uh, memory and family and parentage uh, so lovely yeah uh, and the other film that i'm surprised like didn't really now that i think about it after seeing it um nope the jordan peele film i thought it was absolutely wonderful i and loved nope yeah great I loved it's it. good to hear because it, it seemed to divide people and I, i'm not really 100% sure why i think it's because they were people were expecting a horror film as opposed to what you actually guess, spoiler. It's the reason not why it divides people film. is because the where we see this stuff happening is bloody Twitter, and you can't have an opinion on something unless it's like divisive these days. You know, sometimes things are just good. Um, you know, yeah. I think <laughs> or, it's a, or mediocre or bad or whatever. It doesn't have to mean anything. Just do um, it. Just go and watch it. That's all I'm just saying. Watch just watch it. It's so, it's really amazing. Did you see it in the cinema? No. Did you watch it at home? No, I, I completely missed it. Like in the cinema. Oh, right. Uh, completely missed it. So, um, um, and because, yeah, and I, I stayed away I, because like all I saw was negativity about it. And I was like, oh, yeah. well, it's supposed to be not very good. And then I this went, is why I'm not watched it at anymore. home one night and I was like, yeah. oh, it's brilliant. And then I, I made... Katie, my partner, watch it the next night because <laughs> I was like, "You have to see this; it's so good." Yeah. And she was like, "It's brilliant too." It's amazing. Like, yes, that that first moment when when he's out in the barn and he thinks he sees the alien and he just goes, "Nope." Ah, oh, like, so good. Yeah, that in yeah. the cinema, yeah. like, because because it was like really tense up until that moment, and it was just this release of like everybody laughing at it. It was yeah, it was great. I loved great. Nope, and I yeah. think that the sorry, my cat is like physically attacking me. Stop. <laughs> um. Yeah, the, the the whole like being put off a film because of the discourse around it is is really an issue these days, I think. Um, and I remember writing about it like maybe last January about Don't Look Up um, because the discourse around that was just like 
nightmarish like just awful and then I watched it and I was like oh this film is completely fine <laughs> like there's no yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's grand it's it's not a masterpiece it's not a trash fire it's just grand um so yeah I think that that sort of you know stepping away from the discourse especially films especially this time of the year when it's like Oscar season is is a good idea um generally generally good advice yeah, absolutely well i hope on colin kuhn does well in the oscars because it deserves to um a great film if and, you've not seen colin that Farrell. as well and colin and colin himself great and colin all right and well, that's it and the lo- the, all, all the, the lads. lads yeah all the lads uh, well that's it from us uh this for this episode we are back next week with a with a regular episode um yeah. so yeah episode 198 nearly at 200 uh, yeah, so let's. Uh, we'll if talk anyone to you next has week, any ideas of how we should celebrate episode two hundred, let us know because we, we have don't have some any ideas. Oh, do we, we have some ideas? Okay, yeah, we okay. maybe. Yeah, okay, okay. We've discussed it, kind of, right? Have we? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Somewhat. Let's uh, let's be vague and interesting uh, yes. at the end. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we might be doing something special next week. Are That's we? the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I know we haven't done the podcast for a while, Andrea, but like, just pretend. Okay, just... yeah, yeah. Big things coming, guys. Big Keep, things coming. Watch this space. Super excited to announce that Andrea, is, Andrea Cleary is going to be on the podcast next week. Okay. Okay, <laughs> Bye. everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. We're kicking off during March Madness. Cal's Kentucky Wildcats are in the hunt. So throughout the tournament, I'm going to call up my friend to ask about his wins, losses, and especially what he's telling his players in the locker room. You got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.